Hi guys, uh, welcome to the Bearded and Broke podcast. Um, so in light of recent events, James and I wanted to um, create a podcast um, about the whole issue. However, um, we, we did start talking about it, but it kept, became very clear very quickly that um, it was quite opinionated and we didn't really want to offend anyone because we aren't really experts on this matter. So we just wanted to do a quick introduction, acknowledging the fact that what's going on and that we fully support it um, in a peaceful way. So um, we just wanted to do an introduction to that. Um, and we're going to be talking about other stuff for the rest of the podcast. So, James, yeah. if you've got anything else to say to yeah. add to that. I mean, yeah, we created this to discuss sports and some other things that interest us that we're, kind of, that we're educated in. We're not really educated on this. So it's not really our place to discuss this. That's basically absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So, so yeah. I think, and with that, let now we've got the Jeffrey Epstein podcast, which we recorded a couple of days ago. So let's get into that. Right. So the Epstein doc that came out. I don't know when it came out, but I saw it on Netflix last week, and straight away I was like, "That's something for us to talk about." So, yes, it's so fucked up, isn't it? I mean, where do we start, really? Well, I'm happy to start it off with where the first episode started. You know, they introduced this guy as um, what they start talking about his background and whatnot and how he managed people's money and how he lied um, that he got a degree to get this first job. And um, this guy who hired him gave him his um, gave him that job. And then he was like, yes. well, I fully, re fully regret it. Um, had I known that he was, you know, what he is, I wouldn't have given him that second chance. And it was yeah. that, um, it was that like sales technique, like he described it as, that made him choose to give him that second chance. Yeah, because he um, basically was upfront about the fact that he lied about. Well, he wasn't upfront, but when confronted about he, it, he basically yeah. admitted that he lied about having a degree when he didn't. He did like one or two years at university, and he didn't complete his degree. And then um, basically lied about having finished the degree in order to get a teaching job. And then he start, somehow like moved up in the world. I'm still not certain on how he made his money. I'm pretty sure he did it by scamming that billionaire, Les Wexner, I think that was his name. Yes, yeah, I think there was something along the lines. But the thing is, the documentary doesn't really talk about that, which I don't blame them. There's such a major storyline there to talk about. They, However, they just missed out like 35 years, and just went, oh, that doesn't really matter. Just summarize <laughs> that, summarize that in about 15 minutes. Right, that's done. Anyway, let's get back to all the girls that he played. I mean, you can't you can't really blame them for focusing on what he's actually done, though, can you? I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, you could, yeah, you can focus on the stuff that was proven, but I think that they they just kind of did a very surface level view of it. I reckon that there had yeah. to be a lot more about how he came into that position. Surely, I mean, I think we've got to be quite careful with what we say. With you don't know who listens to it and who's in power, <laughs> so let alone Netflix having to produce something and be careful with what they say. <laughs> Oh mate, five people—the five people listening to this—are not going to be that high up to care about Jeffrey Epstein. You don't know. It could be a Western spy somewhere in 
I don't know, somewhere in America hiding in the basement, be like, oh, I'm going to go hunt them down. Fucking hell, someone who controls YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. Just don't know. Really that's don't why. Know. That's why Spotify is the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, but coming, but coming back to the documentary. So the first episode was kind of in. It, it kind of, it kind of was the similar thing to the Michael Jordan doc. Yeah. So, they started so, with, so like near the end. And then kind of yeah. kept back backtracking like that. Sorry, you were about to yeah. Say- so what you know, like you mentioned, it was exactly that. I didn't really understand that in, in Michael Jordan, they they spent ten hours or so, didn't they? It was about <laughs> ten episodes for what about an hour long, forty minutes long. Anyway, those ten episodes were quite a lot of content, and I get that it was more you know it's a sport, it's entertainment. There's more footage of it, but in that epstein um documentary like we like you said they missed out such a big chunk of it and they never really went to the depths of things which would have been very interesting to know of what he was doing yeah between the, the side time of that he was scamming les wexner between yeah. that time and 2006 there's a 20 year gap where he hasn't done too much although but what makes me question is, hit, like, I mean, this jumps forward quite a bit, and I think this is a major question to basically ask. But how could he continue living that lifestyle that he was, you know, taking advantage of these vulnerable women and then making the money that he was on the side of it? Does that make sense? No, not really. So he was taking these women to his private island right mm. and he was living this lifestyle where he was you know saying it as straightforward as we can raping them essentially um and then he was making a load of money on the side and continuing to be this really influential person he didn't like drop to the side somewhere and, you know he kind of t- got tangled away no one heard of him he was really unknown to begin with yet he was so powerful all throughout so he was almost like in the backstage of things all the time so i don't understand how he had that lifestyle where he lived raping women and then yet he stayed more influential as he was before he didn't lose that power and he continued making the money that he was oh i'm i'm willing to bet that a big part of that something's popped up on my screen i'm willing to bet that a big part of him maintaining his influence was because of the dirt that he had on other people because they meant they alluded to this at the end of the fourth episode, where you know Prince Andrew's obviously been um, implicated in some of the, the things that he did, and then also, you know, the fact that they alluded to the fact that he had no, no, one of the women said he had videos in the walls of his house, and he had mm. a room where he had all of these screens that could show you every single room in the house. And when you know what he did, there's no way he didn't have dirt on people. I do not. Oh, do you not believe that? I, do you know what? You, you watch that documentary and you think, oh my God, this is so screwed up. You're watching it and you're thinking, how can like this man do it to underage girls and you know continue building a pyramid scheme all throughout? And then you see that ending where it was all the cameras. And of course, it wasn't the same thing that he actually had, but it was just a portrayal of what he potentially had. And you look at it and you think, these girls got 
raped and then they went into the shower and he was still being a predator on them and it was like oh my god so i think with like you said where there was um, prince andrew then how dodgy that interview was that he gave and i'm sure there's been plenty of others prince andrew's just been the one that's been caught out um but again jumping forward quite a long way where you know did i epstein commit suicide in um in prison or not i don't think he did i don't think many people think that um someone powerful enough knew that um you know he had dirt on them and he and he was going to rat them out at the end of it so he just went and hired someone to go kill him potentially because looking at the evidence there was how many jumpsuits in that cell when he committed suicide like, like 10 jumpsuits why did he have 10 jumpsuits <laughs> exactly and they found in the autopsy didn't they that oh, some bone in his jaw wasn't it was broken and you can't break that bone by hanging yourself you can it's broken yeah. typically by impact from some heavy object mm -hmm. there's no way yeah. no way that he did that from jumping from his bunk bed I don't yeah yeah i, I mean I don't understand. I'm sure there is a way, and not that I want to really find out, but I'm sure there is a way to kill yourself jumping from a bunk bed, but it just makes you think, how is that a possibility? Because it's not really that high up that, you know, it'll, you can hang yourself off it or anything like that. Literally, if you jump off it and you land, I don't really understand where, where, it could be, where the neck could be tied to. The, the, the bunk bed was about as tall as me. So you jump off and you just be standing there with rope with it round your neck like a moron. And also, it's very, very convenient how the oh god, what was it? The cameras, the security footage suddenly just 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 didn't work that night. Oh no, the camera footage was was lost somehow. Bullshit! Bullshit! Um, like a, a typical, well, stereotypical. Um, American prison, oh yeah, we beat the shit out of someone, but the cameras weren't working, specifically between this time and that time. Yeah. I, it, it, it's so shady, and you look at it, and you think, surely that can't be it. Surely that can't be the end of the iceberg. That, that's only the tip of it, where you've had, you know, the Donald Trumps, the Bill Clintons, the Prince Andrews, who are there, and th they're getting away with it, because they can't just be you know doing what they're doing and not getting into trouble because then that makes society have elitism where they control everyone else and they have full control over essentially the peasants that are yeah 99 percent of people it's really fucked and the fact that he was one of those people that was just able to like get away with like we, we see we see several examples of this where there's some people who are just able to live outside the law for so long pablo escobar is another mm. example of someone who he was he, when he was captured i think no he turned himself in didn't he pablo escobar to the colombian police and then they he made he built his own prison had his own guards and the police the actual police couldn't go in to see him so he basically was in a holiday camp like you yeah. see examples of these people throughout the last hundred odd years who were just able to get away with such bullshit because they're so fucking rich and they can do so much damage to people 
Like, like I reckon, this is just my opinion. Like that, that Acosta guy, the one who let him walk free after a year, basically. Mm. Well, he must have dirt on him. He has to. And Acosta was playing <laughs> politics as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's all very dodgy in how quickly he, he got away with it. Like, you know, they, they ended up saying the victims need to be heard and all that stuff. But that's still not good enough. Why? I don't know the system in America well enough to criticise it. Mm. But it d- just doesn't seem that it's fair that he's just called it a day on that trial. And he just went, that's it. And that's it. Nothing can be done with it. Surely someone now should have the ability to say, well, actually, the judge shouldn't have said that. And the judge should get into shit for that. No? Potentially. But then there is the question of, um, like, being... If There is the question of, oh, if you can just reopen cases because you don't like the um the decision then you could do that for literally anyone so you you think about people that are that are actually correct and who you know they got the right decision if that was the case and the government didn't like it then the government could just reopen a case against them again but i see what you're saying yeah i think you've definitely got a good point there but i think with, with with how the netflix documentary has been portrayed has been i mean i don't know if if it should be um, the right wording for it, but it is essentially very one-sided, isn't it? Where they were talking about how bad he was. And I guess there isn't really a, a second, um, what, what's the wording? A, a, sec, a second side of the argument to it where he was the good guy of it, because there isn't that. Like for what he was doing, so many people were saying that it's got to be true. It can't be someone just created a rumour and that was it. So what I'm trying to say is, if there's sufficient evidence against a case that's been wrong, wrongfully um, uh, judged, I guess, by the judge, surely there's got to be some kind of power to bring it back and say, well, that's not right. Yeah, I mean, you. That's now that now this is getting tricky because... Um, we we see a couple of examples of this where some people come to where where some decisions are made that we don't think is correct. So another another high profile example would be O.J. Simpson, where I'm I'm pretty you know we're all pretty certain that he did end up killing his ex-wife. I don't know how much you know about that. Yeah, well, he walked out with a suitcase, didn't he, right in front of everyone with. Um massive evidence and no one really questioned him but yeah i know i know the case very vaguely yeah 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 exactly like there was so much evidence to suggest that it was oj and nobody else and they managed to and he managed to get away with it which is just stupid like there are these there are these just anomaly cases where you know somebody is able to just get away with some bullshit like that and it's and there's not a lot you can really do because there is no review system in the u.s for in like legal cases you can yeah, bring yeah. other you can bring up other cases with new claims that's different but you can't just restart an old case for old charges on old evidence i don't think unless it's ex- unless un- unless the you know, evidence was tampered with or mm. um testimony Reo- well it's reopening the case isn't it it's not 
uh, it's not asking questions of the judge if his or hers decision has oh. been correct or not. No, I don't think they can do that because then they could just remove judges they don't like. That's well, I think I think if there is a um, a Costa who looks very much beside Trump that he was guilty and Trump was pushing him out to say, well, actually, if you get found out, I'm going to get into shit. So I'd rather not. You go say that you're resigning or whatever it was that he said. It just screamed out that he was just saying. I've got something behind me. I don't want it. I don't want it to be found out. You go take the attention away, and then nothing can come back. Yeah, absolutely. But then I, I really don't think that was Trump's decision. I reckon it was Trump's, you know, one of his advisors or something saying, "This is stupid. You can't keep Acosta because Trump. You know what Trump's like. He's stubborn and he's um, egotistical. That's my opinion. Yeah. Like he." he would not have just gone, oh yeah, it's probably best for Acosta to resign. He would have, if Trump had his way, he, I reckon he would have put a tweet out saying, oh, the, the mainstream media is, um, oh, what is it? He'd, he'd just call it fake news. He'd just call it fake news and he'd be like, no, I'm keeping Acosta. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Trump is that smart right now. I just really don't. That's fair enough. Fair enough. However, it's... It... The whole thing is just screwed up and very scary to think that there's, you know, still people involved. And I think the mo even the weirder thing in the whole thing, you know, he might have his own fetishism and whatnot, and it's not right what he did, but his wife or girlfriend or whatever was bringing these girls to him, which I found really bizarre and peculiar to why she was joining in and bringing these underage girls vulnerable underage girls to him and acting like it was normal that that is a tricky one i think i'm trying to think maybe it's a power thing um yeah i really yeah i mean uh, i i hadn't thought about it too much to be honest i was focusing on Epstein and his tendencies because he's clearly yeah, a very, well. very controlling person. He, I think, I, I'm willing to bet that he saw himself as kind of the, the, the puppet master almost, where he had all these dirt on so many high-level politicians. Mm. That he was able to get favours from whoever he wanted. And I guess the whole him preying on underage girls was another control was another form of exercising his control over people because he did it he didn't do it to high level women did he he did it to women who were from a very poor part of miami it was miami wasn't it it was miami and people who were in desperate situations who were you know would see the light like what he was offering them and immediately would be, would take it whereas somebody who wasn't as desperate who didn't desperately need 200 quid for a massage um, mm. wouldn't uh, be, it wouldn't necessarily, they'd do it once perhaps, and then they'd, they, they wouldn't do it again. So it, I, th it, I think that just that what you're trying to say, the whole thing is, you know, these girls they potentially didn't have homes um, to go to, like, you know, quite a few cases they were saying that they're, um, you know, their parents or mum struggled with drugs and 
um, she ran off and whatnot, couldn't go back, and you know, family abuse and whatnot. So basically, they didn't really have a place to stay at, mm. and then they went over, and then they were promised um, by this dude who had a load of money. Who, who you know, he basically said that oh you know i can see potential in you and they were like oh this is my way out then and then yeah of course things escalated um and that they didn't really have any way out of it because it would have been either that way of life or go back to their way of life and they were like well at least this way you know i'm being fed and whatnot and i'm still essentially alive Mm. whereas in the other way i'm literally living to survive absolutely and that was his way of exercising his control over them was by was by flashing them the money and then and then taking the money away only to give it back to them if they were to do what he wanted and because mm. they were in such desperate situation they had to do it or they would just go back to the life they were in before it's a really really shitty situation a shitty way to to do that well a shitty thing to do well there's no question about that it's just I think starting watching I didn't really think anything of it I thought that you know it's a bit weird that this whole situation is like that and then of course the first episode went on and I was like oh this is very weird and the further you got into it the creepier and the more bizarre it got that there is actually people like that alive and positions of power like yeah we we see all that we see you know we see headlines of all kinds of horrible people being arrested and things and that's that's obviously very good but the fact that this is a very a man on a much much worse level than all of these people because he has all of this influence and he's able to get away with it for so long that's probably what was most disturbing yeah and i think it's almost the abuse of power and that when when there's abuse of power there's abuse of you know trust essentially and with that trust other people tend to lose that trust with him and and it's almost like a chain reaction with a load of other things um that creates a a massive backlog and I, i don't think it really helped with the fact that he was so backstage with so many things you know a celebrity doing it everyone knows who that celebrity is um it would be clocked on much much quicker and easier whereas with him like the police were saying no one really knew who he was when he came in to um florida and his um and his massive house there um no one really knew what he was doing and even when he was on um uh was a parole um or, ho- or house arrest or something like that he was still going around and doing his own thing when there was a um uh, personal investigator running about and taking pictures of him he was still going to like into the office. He was going to see like all these different things. And it was just like, well, the police don't know where he is. He could be doing the same thing that he was arrested for without anyone knowing. Scary. Really, really scary. Exactly. Mate. Um, yeah, I did. It's just mad to be honest. I mean, the fact that he was able to get away with it for so long and had access to so many influential people. Prince Andrew yeah. and Trump and Acosta, they, they have to just be the tip of the iceberg. You know, the fact that he was, he, yeah. after he got out of prison and he was able to just go and associate with uh, the New York elites again, mm. uh, 
after, like straight away after, not five years after, because people have forgotten. It was pretty much immediate. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. another thing. Like it shows that these these people, unless it unless it directly affects their image or their bank account, they're willing to associate with pretty much anyone who is able to offer them money. In that case, that was Epstein, regardless of his um, of his past. And do you know what that's just reminded me of? You know that Ricky Gervais um, Golden Globes monologue where he just ripped into all of the Hollywood, all of the actors in Hollywood. And he was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one that really stuck out to me was if ISIS started a streaming service, you'd be on the phone to your agent. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's got a point though, hasn't he? And I think Ricky Gervais is really like, you, you know, he created the office and all that stuff. Great. And then I, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, Afterlife is, is really good. I have your emotions properly mixed in. Um, um, he, he's a really good guy, and of course, we, you had um, the likes of Sam Smith crying in their 12 million house um, when they were quarantined, and he ripped into that, didn't he? Saying, yeah, exactly. How dare they when there's people, you know, living in one bedroom flats and all sorts. 12 million house is not something to be crying about. There's not people who are potentially stuck homeless out there. Exactly. It's not a bad situation to be in at all. Um, so just exercise a bit more. Oh, God. What's the word? Gratitude. Exercise a little bit more gratitude. I get that he has yeah, yeah. issues with mental health. And you can't underestimate that. But at the same time, exercise some gratitude for the fact that you are in a £12 million house. You have it good. You that you don't have a lot to complain about here. You really don't. It, it's just going back to the same thing that, um, you know, these guys in the Epstein um, documentary have said. Um, it's just the more power you get, the less empathy you have, maybe. I think if, if you could, whatever way you interpret it. It's not necessarily, it's obviously not true across the broad, across the no, board. It, it, but you're right, but there is the, you know, it's the minority that makes the majority look bad. Mm. So with that, it can only take a handful of celebrities to make it look bad for other celebrities. And I'm not blaming all other celebrities because there's probably only a handful, like you said, um, that are complete knobheads about it. But it's the same with anyone, I guess, and anything with um, any sort of, groups or demographics it's only the minority that make it look bad for the majority yeah exactly mate it's just a really shitty situation i don't really have anything else to say no no so if you haven't watched it go watch it basically yeah go watch it it's incredibly fucked up and it will give you um a new perspective on the these influential people who I guess, well, not run our society, but yeah, have a lot of influence over the way society runs and things. So I think we'll wrap it up there. Cheers, yep. Cheers for doing this once again, Dan. It was, it was hard effort, but um, yeah, I tried my best. Exactly. So, Watching yeah. Netflix. Oh man, so hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, nowadays it is, isn't it? Stay indoors oh. and don't go out. But anyway, yeah. Stay yeah. alert in case the virus jumps out of a bush and attacks you. Yeah, make sure you've got the jujitsu out. <laughs> <laughs> Those fucking moves. <laughs>
It's half robot, half jujitsu. No, you'll see three PO. Wasn't that um? What's her name when she gave the speech? Theresa May a few years ago when she was doing oh, the um, dancing. When she walked out onto that stage <laughs> and she did the most awkward dance you've ever seen. It was literally something like this, wasn't it? It it was very robotic. Yeah, it 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 looked so awkward, oh. and so forced. Oh man, it did not help. It did not help. <laughs> I still see it mean to this day. I still see it. I thankfully haven't, and I don't want to. I don't want to be felt uncomfortable again. <laughs> right, anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. See you next week. See you next week.